1: Well, dear Christian friends, may your coffee be strong and your Monday be short. Make today so good that yesterday is jealous, and train your mind to be calm in every storm. Now you know these words are not from the Bible; <laughs> they're not from an ancient book of wisdom either, or even one of our modern self-help books today. No, uh, those uh, phrases—they come from Twitter. Yeah, that social networking service, they've got hundreds of millions of users. And Twitter is where people go to write down quick thoughts. They might be complaining about something, perhaps sharing a humorous thought or even a word of wisdom. Now, Twitter is controversial, of course, and many people complain about it, but author Caitlin Tiffany says that no one can deny that Twitter has brought some amazing phrases into our lives things we can't imagine having read in any other place or at any other time in history. For example, here's one. I cried, I screamed, I cursed, I jumped up and down. I thought about trying. Everyone says to follow your dreams, so I went back to bed. (laughs) Who else wants juicy, delicious tomatoes? Well, these are unexpected, maybe funny or silly phrases, and There is one treasured segment fragment that really, Tiffany says, is astounding in its clarity and really stands out. She says it describes both the Internet and our entire human world. And it's four words. Those words are, everything happens so much. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, according to Tiffany, the tweet acknowledges what feels like ancient wisdom. She says the absolute best we can say about this moment in time is that everything is happening. It always has and it always will. So much. Now, Twitter users have called this phrase the general tweet of the decade and even the defining text of our age. Yes, life happens. It happens so much. Everything does. Well, in a world where everything happens so much, you know, and we might be quickly overwhelmed, we need a God who calms us. A God who restores our souls. One who leads us in the right paths. And fortunately, Psalm 23, it begins saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. See, God gives us green pastures, quiet waters, a table of food, and even an overflowing cup. And the promise of Psalm 23 is rest, refreshment. It's guidance and protection in a chaotic and threatening world that we live in. Yes, everything happens so much, that's true. But we know that the Lord, the one who is our shepherd, because of him we have everything we need. And that's even more true. As followers of God, we've been aware of that for thousands of years. And Psalm 23 begins with the assurance that God leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. Now, the original Hebrew words of that psalm translate to this. He leads me beside waters of rest. He restores my life. In a hyperactive and exhausting world that we do live in, you know, we need this rest and restoration. We need it now more than ever. And Psalm 23 tells us that God really gives us four gifts to counteract this wife of confusion and also chaos. He gives us water, food, protection, and hospitality. First, water. Geraldine Periam, who is a researcher at the University of Glasgow in Poland, she knows that water does more than keep us hydrated. She says that water evokes responses in people that are calming, energizing, and can lead to better health outcomes for them. Just be, being beside water has a de-stressing effect. And we need those quiet waters, those still waters, those waters of rest. Uh, my wife and I know a lot, and we can relate to that much, because whenever the weather's favorable, well, having lived in our townhome for over two decades now, you know we can get out and relax and perhaps try to have every meal we can out on our back deck. A place where you see those quiet, calm waters. And even when the waters are moving, when they're rippling, that even feels good too, just to see that instead of just looking at grass. And who could not be more relaxed by seeing a young goose family as they come in the spring and the little ones are guided by the parents? And... Of course, the sunsets that are there, to see the, the water reflecting the beautifully painted sky. Very relaxing. What that person said is true. But what's so special about water? Yeah, you know, we know that water has essential qualities. You know, one is keeping us alive and also cleansing our bodies. But think about the waters of baptism, the waters that cleanse us from sin. And the sign of the new life that comes from following Jesus. You know, at the time of the Protestant Reformation, everything was happening so much, and especially for Martin Luther. We know that Luther was living in a turbulent life. He was constantly debating his opponents, and he was endangered by the authorities. Well, he translated the whole Bible into German while he was being holed up in a friend's castle, this friend who was protecting him from being captured and even killed. And not surprisingly, Luther, even that during that time, he was really overcome with fear and anxiety. He had doubt and discouragement. And so how did he handle this stress? Well, Luther had a unique strategy. And there's one writing that says that Luther would stand up, he would face down the devil who he believed to be tormenting them there, And he would yell out these words, I am baptized. And he may have even written that on chalk on his desk to remind him whenever he was working that he was directly connected to Jesus Christ and to fellow Christians. I am baptized. When everything happens so much, well, we need to remember this important truth. And maybe that's a phrase that you can say when you, know, you feel the devil coming at you, maybe tempting you in some way. Say that, I am baptized. You know, God provides for us not only through water, but also through food, protection, and hospitality. And all these gifts, they're needed if we're going to be the people of God that God wants us to be in our lives. The promise of Psalm 23 You know, it says that God makes me lie down in green pastures. That's food for the sheep. Even though walking through that valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You're with me, God. That's protection. And you prepare a table before me. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. That's hospitality. Those four things. You know, they're everything that we need. They all come from God, don't they? Who's the subject in Psalm 23? It's not us. We're the direct object. It's God. He's the one who's doing all of the action, not us. And then it ends with a promise. And share these words together and speak them with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah, each of us can say that confidently, can't we? Talking not only about this life, where everything happens so much, and God is the one who certainly gives us goodness, mercy, and love. And he also gives us an eternal home, an eternal shelter, where we will live with him forever. That's heaven. And it's all because of Jesus. Well, because God's given us everything that we need, we're invited to put our trust in God to lean on God to rely on him to have faith in God a Bible scholar J. Clinton McCann he says that the proper response to the good news of Psalm 23 and the good news of Jesus Christ is trust and then he adds when we trust we discover that life is not a reward to be earned but it is a gift to be accepted that's what our life should be. Think about this. There's nothing wrong with you know, really showing up for work, doing your job, earning money and providing for yourself and perhaps a family. But think about what happens when you look at life as a reward instead of as a gift. Well then, that's perhaps when you might feel worn out, maybe even discouraged. Like those disciples who followed Jesus through Galilee. You know, at one point, They were wondering, where were they going to get food enough to be able to feed a whole bunch of people that are swarming around Jesus? One of the greatest miracles of Jesus, the feeding of the 5,000. You know, it occurs on the Grand Sea hillside. Maybe similar to the setting of that Psalm 23. There Jesus becomes a good shepherd, as Matthew writes in chapter 14. says that he was one who had compassion on the people, And healed their sick. And then he orders the people to sit down on the grass. Why? So they could eat and be filled. Jesus was like that shepherd in Psalm 23. The one who made his sheep lie down in green pastures. In that peaceful place, Jesus became the shepherd who was predicted by those Old Testament prophets. He was the one who would be that long-awaited son of David. The shepherd who feeds his people, who protects them, the one who saves them. Now Jesus definitely showed his power in so many miracles. And especially in the feeding of the 5,000 here, which also had a a number of women and, and children who were present also. He continues to give us what we need for life. Why? Well, to show us that life is a gift to be accepted. All those blessings, we say, come from above, right? At the same time, Jesus, he's the one who challenges us to extend his compassion to others, especially when everything happens so much. And when those first disciples felt overwhelmed by the crowd, what does Jesus say to them? He says, you give them something to eat. The disciples, they're obviously stunned by this, You know, we got five loaves of bread and two fish. You want us to feed them? But after Jesus blesses the bread, there's enough for everyone, right? Even more than enough. And the Bible tells us that Jesus didn't feed the people himself. No, he gives the loaves to the disciples and the fish, and he says, you know, you do it. So the disciples are the ones who feed the people. That's exactly what we're challenged to do today to take what Jesus gives us and share it with others. You give them something to eat, he says to us. And so he gives us what we need, and then we feed the world around us. We do it in various ways, even here at Trinity. Sometimes it's going out to the homeless in Chicago through all God's people, as we have done. Or even the surrounding neighborhoods, as we partner with love in the name of Christ, or Love, Inc., as we know it. It might be the mission monies that we give to support those places that are not right here. Or it's the ministry of the church. It might be when we do this as we welcome visitors to services of worship. Or maybe it's picking up some tools and helping build some affordable housing through groups like Habitat for Humanity. So where do we go when life itself really becomes chaotic and overwhelming? Well, we go to the Lord, who is our shepherd, to the one who gives us everything that we need as Jesus offers us water and food and protection and hospitality. And then God challenges us to show that compassion of Jesus to others, feeding them with the resources that we have been given ourselves. We celebrate not only the fact that our Lord, who's that good shepherd, that he comes to our rescue when we need him, even as sheep needed the shepherd, but that his presence is with us each and every day, even in those joys of our life. God's at work constantly changing us, providing for us, and protecting us. And through all of this, what do we do? We give God thanks and praise, right? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Knowing and trusting in that confidence for each one of us. The life that we have now, that's the place to live and share with others. When everything happens so much. Let's pray. Gracious God, we bless you as you... Provide for all of our needs, Lord. We have a lot of wants that don't get satisfied, but you know the things that we need. And so, Lord, as we walk with you and you walk with us, may we hold close these words, these words that David shared and the words that you basically gave to us through him. Be with us, Lord, and may the blessings of this life be shared with many and the resources that we have so that people may know that it's not about us. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.